Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 35 of the Galen Trombley Show, I have Heath Andre in studio. He is the founder of Chalked Barbell. Um, we talked basically how he got that started and a lot of his other day-to-day uh, work. And this guy is a workhorse and he's doing some very cool things in the area. And I think you guys will get a lot out of his mindset and where he hopes that this brand will take our local community and maybe maybe even grow outside of it. So um, I hope you guys enjoy episode 35 of the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 35 of the Galen Trombley Show. I am here with Heath Andre. Um, I actually just um, kind of heard about you recently, um, and I... I knew of you, and then I heard of you, and then I kind of heard a little bit, a little bit of your backstory, and that's why I reached out to you, which was kind of funny because um, we'll probably talk about this later in the podcast. Um, I just did Slop Dog Radio with Ryan uh, Gwinnup, and you were on the show also, and he was wearing one of your t-shirts. We started kind of talking, and he kind of gave me a little background on you, and I thought it was, I'm like, okay, I, I kind of want to talk to this guy. I think we have a lot of similarities and I usually don't like to have stuff sit too long, so I'm like, I'm, I'm just gonna DM him right now and see if he'll get on. I had no intention of doing it like a day or two later. Um, I kind of had messaged you thinking maybe in a few weeks we get together, and then you're like, I can't do later this week, but I can probably make early. I'm like, okay, well, let's do it. All right, so <laughs> I figured if we can just get down on on the books now and uh, kind of get it get it going, then we're better off for it. So Heath, um, I appreciate coming on. Welcome. Yeah, awesome, man. Thank you for having me. And this is your third pod, fourth podcast, fourth podcast, third host. That makes sense. That you ma- are the that third. makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> um, so uh, you you were on. Um, tell them the ones you were on. Yep, yep. So I was on. My first one was with uh, Ryan Gwinnup of Slop Dog Radio. Then uh, second one was with Ryan on Slop Dog Radio, and the third was with Matt Craig on Craigcast. And uh, we, we, me and Ryan go very deep into how Matt Craig steals. Steals uh, guests, so I'm 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 just joining that sentiment. So <laughs> you're making you're making your rounds, which is good. But um, I'm sure we'll get into kind of the main thing as to why I wanted to bring you on. But I think as with anybody, I like to have some background so people can know. And obviously, I don't know you that well, so you just did kind of a little mini background. So I'll probably have you elaborate a little bit on that for everybody listening, and then we'll kind of I think go into a lot of cool stuff today. So uh, so he just kind of tell people where you're from and how you got here and yeah, what you're up to. Yeah, definitely. Um, born and raised Saranac, New York. Uh, big old Clinton County here, boy. Um, graduated from Saranac 2012. Um, short time at Clinton Community College, a couple years there. Um, been working for the same local business for about six years now and recently started a couple companies of my own. Uh, a year ago, a sanitation company and just about five, six months ago, a t-shirt company. So, And... So obviously going out, you talked about before you went in, you got a business degree, which I, I think is a smart degree to get some background in, uh, because I think it's so universal. Um, 
then you went into, and I know we're kind of jumping over a few things here. You talked about doing automotive detailing. You talked about, um, then you went into, I might have the timelines a little bit mixed up here, but then you went into corrections for a time period, found out that wasn't for you. Um, started the garbage company after corrections. Uh, while I was in corrections, yes. And then I, I purchased another local garbage company and expanded it once I was out. Okay. And then, then started the current, uh, company that the t-shirt company you have called chalk barbell. Yep. Okay. And what, and you said that was been going for how many months? Uh, this is officially month six. Okay. So very new, very new, very green to this. Yes. Okay. So the, the one thing I'll say, which is kind of weird because I've seen your stuff, didn't know who you were. I didn't really know much about the company. I just knew some local guy had started it. And I think part of me, it's funny because we started putting out um, t-shirts, which you, um, I, I don't know if you've seen before, but I, I gave you one before uh, this started. So we're kind of, I'm, I'm not in the apparel business. I mean, we made a t-shirt for our company, um, but we've been able to kind of make a lot of headway with that company in about six months. We started in December, like the logo and everything else was, came out right before Christmas. And I think the first shirt that we had available for people was right before Christmas. So we're looking at uh, just under six months. So we're about the same timeline. The one thing that I think you do very well at, and again, something I really find a lot of value in, and I, I try to put a lot of time and effort into it because I think it's important, is the marketing of it and the branding of it. And I would say I've seen a lot of people wearing it and sporting it, which I, you know, we are the exact same. I take a lot of pictures of a lot of people um, with the shirt and I post it on social media. So kind of that's what I'm, I'm more curious by. And, and I, a little bit of the garbage company too, because they're both, I love, one, I love young people that are taking risks in the business field and kind of working for themselves and trying to make a living and grinding it out because I'm, I'm sure you're going to touch on this, but it's not easy. There's a lot of risk. There's a lot of financial um, strain. There's a lot of, you know, kind of doubt. There's a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff that you're probably up against. And I think I'm assuming in order to kind of do what you're doing now, you do have a pretty uh, thick skin. And I think a little bit of, ch of a chip on your shoulder in a good way, meaning you have, you're probably self-motivated. Um, but tell everybody kind of the, why did you decide to make a t-shirt or an apparel line? Um, it's a very saturated market, obviously, especially from a gym perspective. So I'm sure you're running up against a lot of that, but kind of go in, why did you start the business? And yeah, I mean, anything you can kind of talk about on that, because I'm sure you have, you've learned quite a bit in six months. Yeah, definitely have a lot of, lot of struggles for sure in the last six months. Good struggles though, you know, everyone goes through it. Um, so it's funny, now that you say it, it was around Christmas time when we drew up the original logo, which is the handprint with the CB uh, in the middle of it. Um, so it's going to sound a little cliche. I'm, I'm sitting on the couch. Okay. I have the garbage business. I've got the nine to five, which I still currently have both, but this is just before Christmas. And I get really deep into, I'm a big Gary Vaynerchuk guy, a little bit of Grant Cardone. He's a little aggressive for me, but uh, a, a big guy with Gary and, and doing something you want to do. You know, I, I'm a power lifter, um, only competing once or twice a year right now. But I, I was big into it. I love the sport. I love the community around it. I've got 40, 50 close friends just in this area from it. I've built those relationships through that. And 
one thing, you know, with a lot of us in town and, and a lot of powerlifters in general, male, female CrossFitters even, is it, it takes a serious level of fitness to get to the top, like any other sport, right? So I'm like, I want to I wanna build something, whether it be a community, a brand. T-shirts are just the vehicle, right? T-shirts are the, were an easy vehicle to express what I wanted to say and how I wanted people to feel a chalked barbell. You leave it all in the gym. It doesn't matter if you're deadlifting a hundred pounds, 500 pounds, a thousand pounds, every single person that wears a chalked barbell t-shirt or physically chalks a bar and will lift it, squat it, bench it has something to prove to themselves, to their family. And that's where I came up with a name and I wanted to express that before I had the name, but I'm like, what, how can I make people feel good and have something that looks kind of cool? You know, it was more about making people feel good about what they're accomplishing. Um, Cause you can train six months, eight months for a powerlifting meet and maybe only add 10 pounds, 15 pounds to your total. You just killed yourself for eight months of the year to break that little PR. And that's where we kind of copped the proof of the PR is, you know, most PRs that are broken in CrossFit, strongman, powerlifting are done with chalk. So that's why we wanted to put the chalk being the proof of the PR and it all kind of molded together. And now we are, you know, the brand started as that. Now I just want to hear from people, hear their stories of what lifting has done for them. Um, I'm not sure if you, you know, powerlift or how you are into fitness, but yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I'm I was more into fitness before, not in a bad, I mean, in the sense that my life's just gotten more chaotic and I haven't been able to prioritize it as much as I, I did and should. Um, I've always gone to, to be honest, I've never been to a gym um, besides a CrossFit gym. And I started going in 2000, I started kind of dabbling in weightlifting and, and, and any kind of lifting we never did in high school, probably 2009, 10, like that, got into CrossFit, probably 2000, started 2012, been doing it ever since. Um, but a lot of what you're saying, I, I know the powerlifting movements, obviously I'm not as strong as someone that just does all the powerlifting movements, but I had a pretty good baseline of, of strength at one point. Um, you kind of joked when you brought your shirts in a larger XL, I'm definitely a large right now, maybe, <laughs> maybe even flirting with a medium, but, um, I, I was, you know, a little bigger and stronger at one point. Um, but I think. I have like so many things I want to ask you right now. I, I uh, so the the first thing I want to ask you because I, I think there's a parallel between what you're doing and you right now are starting a company, you're starting a brand, you're starting kind of a movement around this idea that you had. I liken the, my you know my business and and the real estate company that I'm hoping to build with kind of the same principles and same different. Obviously, you're doing it through apparel. Um, I'm doing it through a real estate company, but I think there's a lot of parallels and a lot of similarities to both of our approaches. You mentioned Gary V. We'll talk about him because um, he, yes, I'm very big on him and what he he stands behind and his his how he carries himself. First off, the question is, why did you do it? Like, why did you start the apparel brand? Um, or not even the apparel brand, but just the idea of Chalk Barbell. So I want to know why you started it um, how you came up with the logo. If you did, whose hand is that? If it was actually, Mine. is it actually your hand? Legit. Yeah. Okay. So that answered one question. <laughs> so, uh, why'd you come up with the company? Uh, why'd you come up with the name? And you kind of just touched on it a little bit, but I guess I should say who came up with the name. Was it you? Did you collaborate on it? And 
I guess between those two, like the vision and message behind it, because you just talked about, I think what you have, it's not just t-shirts. The t-shirt, like you said, is the vehicle. Yep. Um, there's a mean, a bigger meaning behind it. And so kind of why you started, how you came up with the name, I you just talked about it, but, and then where you envision the company going on a grander scale more so than t-shirts. So kind of like your big vision of mm-hmm. why you're doing it. Sure. Um, so yeah, we'll try to elaborate on the why without making it too long winded. Um, and, and this is, I'm sorry, I'm going to bleed into the garbage a little bit. Yeah. The anything. garbage business. Go ahead. Um, so as bad as this sounds, the garbage business is just like their bread and butter. It's like a moneymaker. You know, I mean, you're picking up garbage. There's pretty cut and dry. You pick up the garbage, you get paid. It's done. That's, that's good. You need money to pay your bills. Everyone does. Um, but once I started following Gary more, I really, you know, got into the making a difference in people's lives. You know, it's not all about money. You need money to do things, but I did the garbage. I still work a nine to five. I usually work between 60 and 70 hours a week. So I'm like between everything, I'm like, okay, I make enough money. Now I want to build something that's more than just money, you know, um, which is why I came up with this brand because of me being a power lifter. Like I had a really bad motor and this is going to be like not a sob story, but I had a really bad motocross accident. I used to race dirt bikes, completely tore my shoulder apart, blew everything apart in it when I was 16 years old, was really stubborn, liked to play sports, didn't get a surgery till I was 18. Okay. So going to college, get the surgery that summer. Doctor says you will never bench press. You will never squat again, over a hundred pounds. Like you will never be able to do that. You lost 15% of motion in your arm. I don't care how much physical therapy you do. You will never get back to being strong. Like I was never strong. Like in high school, I was never strong in college. I was never strong, but 20, I picked up weights for the first time and 25 now. Right. So it was about a five-year journey. By the time this brand came up, I'm like, this has been the one constant that I've never, ever wanted to go away from in my life because it's, you, you never stop growing. And that's how I feel about why I started Chalked Barbell is someone can go in with no experience and it doesn't even have to be powerlifting. It could just be the gym in general. Um, and, and, you know, through enough motivation and, you know, good techniques and, and following the right people and talking to the right people become so much stronger than anyone ever thought they could have been emotionally and physically. And I am a product of it. Not hundred percent due to fitness. A little bit was the chip on my shoulder. Like you said, the doctor says you can't do this. I'm like, I'm going to go do this. Um, that's really the why it was to, you know, when you see the young kid, 17, 18 years old in the gym for the first time, intimidated. Some of the gyms in town are intimidating. I feel, um, and giving them a voice, uh, someone to look up to, you know, I'm not the strongest guy in the world. I have a little bit of experience, but I'm nowhere near the strongest guy in the world, but I do go every day, you know, except one day a week, you got to rest, but I go to the gym every day. And that's the one constant that's been in my life. And that's why I try my best, my girlfriend or my fiance. Now I have to say fiance, uh, love her to death. She's awesome. Um, we, we try to go every day and we try to post. That is why I think it took off kind of fast is because, consistency is a big thing. It, it's not about, and, and I made this mistake already in the past couple of months. I made a mistake of trying to really like shove it a little too fast, too much, too quick. Too much, too quick. And I was getting ready to burn out. And I'm like, you know what, man, this is not, this is not what this is about. Like this, this is to help people better themselves. That was the why when we started it before Christmas, 
that's really going to become the why in the next six months. And that's where I want to, I don't even mind getting away. I don't care if I sell a single t-shirt. I would rather give away every t-shirt if every single person can join this community and feel better about themselves. And it's not a, a monetized thing. And I think that's uh, where I, I was starting to go wrong. I was like, okay, we're selling shirts. Well, no, no. The, the why when you started this you know, guy three months ago had nothing to do with selling anything. You know, you'd only just put the shirts up so someone could wear something. Um, that's where we're trying to go. I'd like to, you know, if for the future, be awesome to have a community of chalked barbell lifters. Mm-hmm. Be a, If you run on a treadmill, you can be a chalked barbell lifter. I don't care. Mm-hmm. As long as you hit it every day and you hit it hard, that's that's what it's all about. And I guess that's where the why really came from. Is Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I even, what you said message-wise um, like, again, I was big in the gym at one point. I still try to go, I was there at five 30 this morning. Like it sucks, but you know, you get up and you do the thing. But, um, at the same token, I think it comes from, like you said, a community, it comes from working hard. It comes from, you know, putting in the work to get the output that you want, meaning you don't just show up and it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that, I mean, I'm very passionate about what I do within these walls and out in the community and stuff about uh, the company, but same thing when you talk about a bigger vision, like I, I like what I do, um, but I like helping people. And I also want to hopefully be part of the young community that can take Plattsburgh where it is now and make it better. Cause you, at the end of the day, you always want to try to build off the success of prior generations and hopefully leave it better for future generations to take the baton and kind of run with it. I really think there's a good community of young people around here. And my big goal is hopefully that we can, you know, all work together to make it better. And I think what you're doing with from, and I, it's going to start hopefully as just a gym thing, but then you said grow and grow and it might not be, I mean, I look at that now and I'm like, there's parallel between that and what I'm doing here, even though it's not, you know, I'm not putting chalk on to rid an offer or sure. go show a house, but it's, it's the mindset that I think that that overcomes. And what I think is cool when you post a lot of, a lot of the pictures, some people I know, some people I don't, but there's a theme to it. And it's people getting after it, you know, whether it's in the gym or whether whatever. I mean, and there's, you know, I've seen different sizes, different shapes, different ages, and everybody's wearing it. And there's a lot of people wearing, wearing your stuff right now. So I don't know how many how many uh, people actually have a chalk barbell T-shirt. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely will rep it. People will probably, um, hope, hopefully it doesn't take down the brand a little bit and look at me <laughs> like, who's this pipsqueak? But um, I like I like what it stands uh, stands for. So. Kind of, you talked about making a little bit of a, a jump because you obviously have the normal day to day job, but you got out of the kind of the the corrections job. I would say the safe job, meaning benefits and, t- and retirement and things like that, to go into again. You, you like you said, you have a you have a vehicle right now to give you money to put into your passion on the side, which we you know we talked about Gary the side hustle thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of talk about it, the playing it safe versus maybe the taking chances or, or being doing the uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so this is a tough one for me because I've, I don't even know if I should go into this, but I'm going to, okay. I, I made some poor financial decisions when I was 21, 22, 23, just getting stuff too flashy early. I've never told you know anyone this before, but I did. And now, now I'm really comfortable talking about this because I really hope this helps everybody. Um, 
the flash and the class and, you know, trying to have it all at a young age and, and be all fancy, you know, not that I didn't pay for it myself, but I really would be a lot further ahead now if I wouldn't have done those things, you know, have to, you know, not, not saying I don't like nice things, but you don't always need the big jacked up lifted brand new trucks and stuff. Like I, I have new trucks now for my business, but it's, a, it's a totally different like thing. Um, and I made some poor financial decisions, you know, in the beginning. And I would say those were risks that had no reward. Um, but I think it also primed me for when I had to spend a, a decent chunk of money in a smart way. It wasn't such a risk because I was like, well, uh, quick story, bought a crotch rocket, one of those machines, R6, Yamaha, those like zing zing things. It was all cool. It was fast. I was like, yeah, went all the way down to Albany, bought it, you know, spent like a good amount of money on it, bring it back home, wrote it two miles to my friend's house to show it off. Be like, yeah, man, I'm cool. And it was like, tick, 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 tick. And I didn't know like much about him at the time and bring it down to the local dealership. And they're like, yeah, you have this problem with it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, what is it to fix it? And then my like jaw dropped. I was like, really? Like I just paid a lot of money for this thing. I thought it was nice. They're like, no, no, it's a piece of junk. And I'm like, are you kidding me? They're like, well, it's a nice bike, but you get, you got to fix it for this. Right. So I, I, I knew this kid through work and I'm like, Hey, I'll sell you this machine. Well, that was a $2,500 mistake in a day. Just, you know, to put it lightly. And when you're young and mm -hmm. don't have any money, uh, that's a big mistake. Now I wouldn't want to make that mistake now, but I, I'd already seen, I'd already lost that burned it, you know, throw a, a match to it, lost it. So now I will say that made me more comfortable to take steps in the right directions where I'm like, okay, if I can take this risk with this amount of money and it can produce this amount of return, even if that return takes 12 months to get, okay, it's, it's worth it. You know, where back then it was just like, I was literally spending money, not even knowing what I was doing. You know, I was just to get a material thing that had no I don't know, you know, I mean, you can see numbers, you know, numbers, yeah. you know, you must work with numbers every day. I'm the same mm -hmm. way. I work with numbers every day now. You, and, yeah. I mean, if yeah, you look I over there, I'm, I, yeah. <laughs> you have a I'm like a statistician. Yeah. <laughs> 360 in here. But, um, yeah. So I would say like from a, from a standpoint of taking risks, I learned at a young age or I, I took risks at a young age, not knowing they were risks. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So now I try to strategically spend and don't get me wrong. You know, I, I, you know, I have big goals, big dreams for nice things one day, but, um, definitely like, like looking at, uh, something to buy or to invest in is way easier now when I can, I can really like control the outcome for the most part, as long as I put in the work. And that, that's a big thing. Just, just put in the work. It's better to show up every day and give 50% than to not show up and give zero altogether, you know? Um, just put it in every single day because everyone has off days, you know. No, I yeah, I I, uh, I, I mean, you you kind of talked about it being young, young and dumb. I one, you got to kids do that, you know what I mean. And I think I was lucky enough at a young age. I think because I was kind of probably a little older than I, you know, I acted older than I was, and you know, I really knew that, you know, I was the kid that stayed at Plattsburgh stayed at home not to go into college debt i'm like what 18 19 year old thinks of that like i don't know it was kind of weird but i kind of look at it now that you know the only thing that i think i missed out was maybe making a few friends in, in college but at the end of the day i made a i made a ton of friends from like 22 to now and keep going so i, I don't really have a lot of regrets in that to be honest but 
I think what you talked about now is being a little smarter with your money, meaning, and, and this is something I do too. Like I put a lot of, I don't take a lot out of the business. I, I to be honest, the amount of money that I actually pull out of the business versus probably what I earn out of the business is is quite shocking. I put a lot of money back in. Mm-hmm. The way I do it now and the way I look at it now is that I have enough money out that I can live and I can live you know comfortably and I'm not like super stressed about money. But at the same token, all that all my free money is not going to toys and things like that that I can I can dump in. It's like how can I reinvest? How, I'm buying shirts. I'm buying other stuff. I'm buying stuff for here. I'm buying marketing stuff. I'm buying shotgun mics for videos. I'm buying like I'm buying all this. I'm buying podcast equipment. Like I'm buying investing back into myself and the company because my idea is like if I can pull out X amount now, why can't I put in you know half even half of that and make 10x in a couple of years? And that's kind of my mindset going in. Is I, I'm very much and I've. I think you might be like, I think you're now probably like this probably wasn't the same four or five years ago based on your story, but I'm very big on like delayed gratification and I've always been that way. Meaning I'm, I'm always okay with I'll wait for the, the prize down the road. Meaning I don't want to not enjoy life, but at the same token, I don't, I'm, I'm calculated like you are. Meaning if I can do something now, which seems fun, I look at what's, what's the payout or what's not the payout, but what's the outcome if I invest that amount of money or time or whatever to that, could I turn and make it more positive or, or get more out on the back end, which you most of the time will be able to. The hard part is when it's, it's you know, dangled in front of you, most people want that easy, quick gratification. Sounds like you did that, but it sounds like now that you're a little bit like talking about investing in this company mm-hmm. is definitely delayed gratification because you just talked about it. You're not making a killing, mm-hmm. which is to be expected. And sure. I think Gary's the one that talks about that, but kind of, um, from that, I mean, what's where do you get that from? That do you, are you is that true for you now? Hundred uh, percent. I honestly like as weird as that. Like my dad and mom, my parents taught me this. I mean, I started working. I think at fourteen when you could legally get the papers. I might have worked under the table at thirteen years old. But fourteen years old, I was washing dishes after school. You know what I mean? Literally, um, you know, go to basketball practice, go and wash dishes because they were open till ten. That kind of stuff. So like, I I knew like they never bought me anything. So I think that was a blessing and a curse because I never, they, they gave me everything. I mean, anything I ever wanted, if it was like normal life stuff, but like when I got into dirt bikes, like dad literally said, like, if you can afford to buy a truck and buy a dirt bike and get yourself to the races at 17, you can be a motocross racer. That's it. Like if you, that's your dream, I don't care. Like I'm not giving you money. You're going to figure out how to do it on your own. So, you know, like I said, grew up in a nice house. We had all the, you know, we had clothes on our backs, food in our mouths, all that good stuff. But it was really young where he's like, that's the value of a dollar. You know, first car, he's like, here's your birthday. Cause my birthday's in May. And he's like, okay, well, you're going to get, you know, it's a good time to get a car. You're on the road in the summer. It's safe. So here's your, here's your $1,000. And then you come up with the rest. If you can find a car for $1,000, I will buy it for you. I'm doing the same thing for your brother. Mm-hmm. That is the only money you're getting towards a vehicle for your whole life. So I was like, $1,000. Oh my God. Found one for $1,800, baby. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah. So anyway, like I guess I, I attribute it to my parents. And but, but what happened was I actually like for 20 years old and, you know, not that I want to talk about like how much money I make or anything, but like I took a, I took a cut to go into corrections like it was a pay cut for me to go in so like at 20 or 21 i was making good money 
for a yeah. person around here. Yeah. So especially with like barely any college education and I was, I'm a pretty goofy guy, like whatever. So I think that was when I did that, I was like the delayed gratification wasn't quite there. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to like ball out a little bit. I'm going to buy like this thing. And then it turned into that. And then, I mean, I still like nice stuff now, but the way I look at it is like, okay, if, if 33% of take home can cover every toy I have, then I'll buy as many as I want. But 33% needs to cover it. And if it doesn't, if the other, you know, 66.6, if we have to dip into that, then it's not going to happen. And that's kind of how I've done things these past couple of years. And it's just, it's worked out really good for me. Yeah. So you put kind of a budget on, on the fun. Kind 110%. Of. Dude, we put my girlfriend, my Jesus. Fiance. We just got engaged by the way, like a week ago. Oh, so it's oh, really, congrats. thank oh, you. Oh, so very new. Thank yeah, you. Uh, so, yeah, no, you're good. You're good. super that's fresh. Still... She listens to this. She can be like, oh my God. But no. Yeah, that's no. fine. You can give them a pass. <laughs> At least a week pass. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like we just did this new thing where we put money, like cash money in an envelope and that's what we're allowed to spend on groceries on, well, it's rent, but it's going to turn into a mortgage after Friday cause we're closing. And, uh, that's like how extreme we are with our money mm-hmm. when it comes to budgeting. Um, but I love it. I, I, I laugh at it, but it also makes you feel really good when you can be that controlled over your own money. So no, hundred percent. I, I think that you're smart about doing that. Um, I mean, starting something up, and, and again, it depends where you ultimately want to take the company. But you, you kind of were talking about it before. I think we were about the garbage about you know having employees and more customers, but not as much output. And you got to kind of find that fine balance. When that's something I've kind of looked at too is, you know, how when am I going to max myself out? Meaning, when am I physically in the day can't do any more business and that's what I'm working at now because I think I'm I'm getting close to that ceiling um where I gotta you know build up other you know I think eventually which is what I've been working for for nine years is that I'm gonna have an overflow of business where I'm hoping that that can now start other people to also be successful but when you talked about kind of like the delayed gratification of putting money back in or trying to reinvest, I think one of the best quotes I ever heard of a buddy of mine said this is you have to write small checks to cash big ones. And it was just more about reinvesting and kind of we talked about before putting in, you know, turning a thousand dollars into two, three, four, five thousand dollars because instead of spending a thousand now, you waited to spend it on something that you knew was going to pay you back mm-hmm. kind of like whether it be passive income or just an investment standpoint. But I think that's all kind of cool. And I, and what I wanted to ask is you kind of mentioned your parents, but is that where your work ethic came from? You think? Yeah. I mean, you think it's just, I mean, or is it just something? I think my first real job job, which was construction. Um, I mean, my mom and dad are like hard workers. I mean, on, on Saturdays and Sundays, their, their houses has to be immaculate. Like mom cleans all the time. Like they're busy bodies. Mm-hmm. Right. But the discipline, like, like my dad tells me all the time to slow down. Cause like I am a little extreme like you, like I like to just go, go, go push, push, push until like at the end of the day, I just sit down and I'm like pass out pretty much on the couch. Mm-hmm. Um, my first boss would, <laughs> I'm 16 year old kid, never swung a hammer in my life. I walk into this, you know, where he goes, we're building a house like day one, like you're going to learn how to build a house from nothing to all the way done. And I thought it was awesome. Like, and I did like, we finished that entire house, beautiful house locally here. And, uh, 
like we, you know, first week on the job, you know, he was a little easy on me, you know, he, you know, I'm 16 year old kid, you know, he gets it. And, uh, after the first week I go to take a lunch break, he goes, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to grab my sandwich out of my cooler. He goes, you run to that cooler, you grab that sandwich and you eat it while you walk up on the roof and get ready to lay the shingles. And, and I'm like, uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of a lie. There wasn't shingles on week two of the house, but whatever it was. Yeah. I'm like, huh? I was like, what do you mean? We're not going to sit down. No, we're not going to sit down. He's like, you lasted a week. He's like, we're going to work now. And that guy was like, I mean, this man was a complete animal when it came to work. I mean, I've never, since that day, never seen anyone work out work. I mean, just the physical. I mean, the guy was full-time correction officer, ran a full-time construction business, would literally work 16 hours at the jail, come out, work another few hours with us, have to go home and sleep. Like, I mean, workaholic. He's doing excellent now, but I saw that and I see where he is now. You know, this is 10 years later because I only worked for him for a couple of years mm-hmm. in the summers when I was in high school and stuff. And I see where he is now. And I'm like, okay, like I understand it. Like I, I understand why he was so like that. You know, he did it for 15, 20 years and then he was able to retire at, you know, 45 and just sit back and be done. Mm-hmm. I get it now. And that's where the work ethic came from. I think that's where a lot of like, I don't know. A lot of my drive came from was I literally like saw him. And then as like, I, I haven't lost touch with him yet. Like good to call him right now and talk to him about stuff. And that's where I was like, okay, you, you can push more than average people want to push and you'll, you'll, you'll get, you know, things done faster. Just don't overbear yourself. I think there's a fine line there and that's where I get into the Gary V thing is do it, do what makes you happy. Yeah. It, so, so what, what drives you in the company? I mean, is it the the overall message of getting it out there? To be honest with you, I want to be happy in life. How can I say this? I want to be free to kind of do what I want to do when I want to do it. And not only on a financial level, but if some, you know, if a, if a friend of mine is having an event in a different state, which we just went to in, in Boston a couple of weeks ago, like I want to be able to go there and not have any guilt or remorse or have to, you know, take paid time off to do it or unpaid time or whatever it is. I just want to have enough to be comfortable and touch as many people as I can as a whole. Is there a number I have in mind to be? Yeah, there is. Do I think when I get there, it might change? Yeah. But for me, getting to that freedom level is huge for me, Mm -hmm. you know, freedom to just see what you can really do. Because right now, that's the, that's why I still have a nine to five because I can take bigger risks and not really mm-hmm. have, have to have as much, it's, it's not as much risk to me because, you know, two businesses going something to fall back on. I don't want to have something to fall back on, but at the same time, I'm super strategized. So it's weird. Yeah, no, I, I think it's good. I mean, I, I came up, um, you talked about 14, I, my, Again, a super cushy job. I sold ice cream, like sold ice cream. I worked on ice cream stand. Like easiest gig in the world. Um, I don't but, know, man. I, I give it to those guys doing that stuff. The girls well, there doing that stuff, boy. I mean, you, they're well, quick. They're just like, done. Yeah, I mean, I we got good. You got efficient. Um, but I think what what was kind of cool about that. So I started working at fourteen, and I worked up until I was twenty, and then I got into real estate at twenty uh, or twenty, turning twenty one. So I've been in two jobs my entire working career. So, you know, you're looking at 15 years now, um, 16 years of, of being in the workforce. And 
when I did the ice cream thing, easy. I mean, the job itself wasn't easy, but what it taught me was responsibility because most of the time I was the only one there or with one other peer that was my age pretty much. So we were running, we were making decisions, we were doing things in a, in a position as, as a fairly young kid, but it taught me to think well. And I, I, I didn't own any part of the company, but I took pride in providing a good, you know, a good product, meaning I didn't give a shitty, I tried not to give shitty cones or dish or whatever. And then also you were dealing with people. They had, you know, critiques or they were upset about something. You had to try to manage that. You had to manage, you know, lines. You had to manage um, just everything. And it kind of, a, it gave me an idea of, kind of a work ethic. Um, now, what happened was I also realized that it was a safe job, obviously, and it really had, I had no expenses. So anything that came in, my worst expense was gas money, you know, and at the time it was $4 a gallon, so it sucked. But it was it was just one of those times where um, I, I didn't like the idea of going to a job, working eight hours, and it was middle of the summer. It was usually like uh, probably like one to nine is roughly the day because that's when everybody ice cream shops are open. And what sucked would be like a day like today it was nice and sunny. It'd be like a Saturday, and I'm watching like all my friends are coming to get ice cream and leave, and they had jobs too, but they might work at Drews or they work somewhere else or whatever the case may be. So I was like, this is I don't like working for eight hours, doing roughly two hours of work. Meaning there's a lot of just dead time. You're just waiting for clients to come or customers to come up. You know, you'd fill the machines, you would stock some stuff, and then someone would come up and their entire window time, two minutes maybe. Yep. So at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm sitting there throughout the summer getting paid to sit there. And I'm like, this sucks because my thing was, why can't I just, I, I'm willing to work for eight hours, but I want to be paid for eight hours. Like if I'm coming here for eight hours, but working, putting in basically two hours of effort, one, I feel like I'm not putting in a, as much effort as I should be. And two, I'm not being compensated for the amount of work that I'm putting in. So well, that's why part of it, I mean, I got into real estate because I knew I was going to get paid on my effort because I knew it was, I just was willing to work because that's just how I was brought up and between sports and, and kind of earning my, my spot or whatever. And then also I wanted to work on my own time kind of thing, which people that get into real estate, I think they get in thinking like, Oh, I'll take all the time I want off. And it's like, it's not easy. Like you got to grind it out. And you know, I work a lot of hours now, but I can still, like you said, if you have a wedding or if you have a friend event, I can just say, I don't have to talk to anybody and say, can I get the time off? I mean, I, my only time off is me giving myself the ability to take the time off just from a, like me actually just saying, yeah, we can just go or do this thing. But um, yeah, the, the non-safe part is if I don't sell homes, I don't get paid. So I have like me, I have nothing to fall back on. So that's part of where my, I guess, kind of like survival instinct comes in a little bit because there's been times I've really had stressful times with money. Um, I've had some stressful times with just anything. And now I'm kind of getting to the point where I can start to see all that hard work pay off. And I think I talked about this with Ryan at the podcast and he mentioned it about you, but I want to hear it from you though. Um, so you've been doing this for six months. I'm sure there's days where you were just like, what am I doing? Oh yeah. And yeah. So tell me about that. Like you've had days like that. Um, what has gotten you through those days? Um, how close have you been, have you come to just packing it in? Um, you know, the doubts that you've had, um, you know, and I think a lot of it, yeah, just kind of build off of that. Yeah, so I would say closest we came, you know, honestly was a few weeks ago um, before we decided to do. So the hard thing about this is building a brand is a lot different than building a business, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So 
building a business, if it if it's brick and mortar, if it's garbage business, if it's regular logistical businesses, you know, you are providing a service 110%. You do the service for the rate, the rates agreed upon up front, it's done. Well, with, with a brand, when you're starting from zero, it's and I don't want to take anything away from franchise owners, but when you own a Dunkin' Donuts, like the, the groundwork's laid, like it's there. Like you put in the hours, you you keep up employee morale, you keep the place looking good. It's pretty cut and dry. They give you the cookie cutter building and everything. You got to have a lot of money to invest in it, but it is what it is. Um, so with this, it's like there's been so many issues that people don't see and I don't want to bring them all up, but it, things that I, are out of my control, you know, whether it be dealing with the printer, um, dealing with the website, uh, just Instagram in general, just figuring out like ad spend, which is, we haven't done very much of because I'm, I don't like to put money into things I don't know about and I don't know enough about it. Um, but it's, it's not like every day, like my, my garbage is reoccurring monthly income. Like it's always the same. It usually comes in the same time of the month, every week of the month, like stuff happens. Like with this, it's like really random, you know? Um, might not might go three weeks without selling a single t-shirt then in one day you sell 40 it's just the way it is uh, which is why going into this not needing needing or really wanting to monetize it was good um but the days uh when it does get tough how i get through it i have you know obviously my fiance is great like that's another reason i wanted to start it was because like i did the garbage completely solo like that's 100 percent rogue like i do like i'm i'm everything there. I'm the guy who answers the phone, the guy who sends out the invoices, the guy who makes the invoices, the guy who picks up the garbage. I'm everything. So I do it all. With this, I wanted to also start something where she could be a part of it. And, and she's taken the female side of it and, and does awesome things. And we talk about it all. And I want to give a huge shout out to my friend, Micah, uh, Micah Patterson. He's been like between Jess and him, like it's, it's been the glue. Right. And, uh, and another buddy of mine, Anthony Menard, like those guys are good with tech. They're, they're good with photography. I'm learning how to shoot photos, but I'm not good at it. Like you, you need those people. I feel, especially in 2019 to go anywhere. Cause there comes a point where the simple portrait mode on an iPhone or the Snapseed filter and stuff like it just isn't what you want it to look like anymore. That was a huge struggle for me. Like the first three months, dude was like literally all iPhone. Then we bought a, we had enough money. Like we bought a nice Canon camera. Well, we spent X amount on this nice camera and I don't, I'm not a patient. Like I'm patient in the long term, but like when I have something in my hands, like I want to know how to use that. I want to know how it works. So gave that to Jess. She figured out how to use that. I didn't <laughs> use that, but you know, just struggles like that were, were little issues where most people would be like, what do you mean that made you mad? But like inefficiency destroys me destroys me like i don't get mad anymore at least over anything because i just know life's too short like i don't care but when something's inefficient i'm like the hulk like like so mad about inefficiencies and and we've dealt with a lot of them so i would say that would be the only thing that made me want to quit as a whole Mm -hmm. is when things are inefficient and out of my control like is everything always in your control yes but let's be honest it's Saturday night and someone ordered something and the screen printers closed on Monday and they want it on Thursday and they say they're not going to have it till the next Monday. Like that kind of stuff 
I, I can't really control that, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I think from, uh, well, first off, you talked about like kind of a, a group of people helping mm-hmm. you. Cause that's, that's, I mean, I, I've, we've always had coworkers and things like that, that, of, you know, but real estate and a lot of the stuff that I've done has been myself, meaning I, I've, for my, especially when it comes to like my branding of myself as an individual, that's been done by me over five years. I mean, I, I don't have a nice camera yet. I want to, that's something I want to invest in. I do most of it through my iPhone. I, that could be better. Like I talked about, um, you know, I have a very good mic here. Yep. I mean, this podcast equipment wasn't cheap. I, you know, it wasn't super expensive, but it was an investment. You know, it's probably the same as, you know, a fairly good camera once mm-hmm. it's all said and done. And, um, it's one where I, again, I made a decision. I needed this. I have a camera on my phone. The audios would be better here versus the camera. But I think it, at, like you talked about with having other people like uh, Jordan's here working right now and I have some other people that have slowly come into the business that are allowing me to leverage more ideas and thoughts and have also people to ping ideas back and forth. And I really find that we're like a, a team. That's what I call this Team Kavanaugh. But I really think that there's a group of people here that we're going, we're trending in the right direction and we're doing it all together. So that the fact that you have, you know, kind of a crew with you is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that you can lean on and, and whether it just be for moral support or, you know, bounce ideas back and forth or just kind of give you encouragement, even when the idea might be 50, 50, they at least just sound like they're, you know, yeah. on board and it gives you a little bit of encouragement. Um, now, like I've seen your photos and stuff. They, they, I think they look fine. I mean, granted, I'm looking at um, kind of thing on Instagram. I mean, I, the way I look at Instagram is you have, if you take from a full scale, it's kind of like lifting. If you want to take it from a lifting perspective, a new lifter is going to PR more frequently in, um, than an, an experienced seasoned, you know, lifter. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure when you first started, you're PRing every week, mm-hmm. and now you know, when's the last time you PR'd your lift? You could probably say months or a year, you know, or more. Um, it doesn't mean you haven't grown, but it just means that to get that, like once you get up to that 90% of your Mac, all of a sudden, you know, to get just a little bit better takes, you know, the 80, 20 rule almost to get that last 20% takes 80% of your effort. So that's what I find like with photography, like your pictures look to me are like good enough's good enough kind of deal. But at the end of the day, do you want to, you want to elevate it? You want to really, you know, and I think your industry is a little different than my industry because you're talking about apparel. You're talking about, you want things to look good. You want things to, you know, pop and you want things, um, you know, whether it be the men's line or I'm, I'm sure it's even more in the female line because girls are, I find are more critical of the looks and things than guys are. I mean, I look at the shirt and I'm just like, yeah, it's cool design. Yeah. I'll wear it. Like where I find girls are more concerned by the, the, you know, the material and the cut and things like that. So I'm sure you've had some growing pains or your fiance's had to deal with that as she's kind of overseeing the woman's line a little bit, but, um, the camera aspect and you guys being on Instagram, obviously is Instagram is the big one right now. Facebook is too, but I find from a visual perspective, Instagram is King. Um, and so tell me, tell me about your marketing and then tell me about how you've been able to spread you know, chalk barbell from the beginning. So, well, just getting started, I I had a fitness Instagram account for, I don't know, like two and a half years when I was like big into it. Like when I was actually like, I was, well, I was going to do a bodybuilding show, but I got my call for the Academy and, um, for corrections. And, uh, it was 
going to interfere with that. So I literally just like was building up a good following, was building up like super good engagement and everything. And then it literally like stopped. Like I just stopped posting for like a month because in the academy, like you're in Albany and you can't, you can't have your phone. So you're like gone five days of the week. You come home, you got to iron your pants, do all your crap. Like you have no time to actually like monitor an Instagram profile. So I literally took like a huge hit there and just like went right down, like lost a thousand followers. Like it was a big, it was just like bad. So then I got into powerlifting and grew it up a little bit again. And then I was just like, okay, well I'm going to market through my personal Instagram because it was bigger than my chalked barbell Instagram at the time. But then it got really like stressful. I was like, okay, I got to pull, I got to figure out something to post on my personal fitness Instagram. I have a regular personal Instagram. That's like my life and my snowmobiling and my dirt biking and all that stuff. And then I got a chalked barbell Instagram, which I do every single post on chalked barbell. Like that's me or Jess. Like we write every single caption. We post every single photo. Like we edit every single photo. So it was just like a lot. I was like, okay, I'm going to get rid of it. And I'm just going to try it with chalked barbell Instagram only. And this was like a month and a half, two months into chalked barbell. Gary V, you know, Instagram ads, Facebook ads, da, 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 da. So I threw a little money at it, you know, 10 bucks here, five bucks here, nothing crazy. Um, not expecting a lot out of it. I mean, it, you get more likes, but it, it wasn't really like turning into direct website visits. I look more like the website visits than I do with the sales. Like I, the way I look at it, like if I can market to you and you pay attention to what I'm doing, you might not buy today, but you might buy in five months. You know, like I would rather have a hundred views and zero sales than one view and one sale in a day. Cause at least that means people are paying attention. They're getting to the website and that's how like Instagram was linked to the website. So how we would get the visits is we, you know, link in bio, all the normal stuff that every other brand does. And I'm going to take like full disclosure. I'm just going to say it. If someone's doing something right, follow them, you know, live fit. I looked big into live fit, you know, Randall pitch. I've watched a ton ton of videos on him. He is an amazing CEO. I mean, he's built that company in six, seven years to astronomical numbers. And I just kind of looked at how they were doing it. How are they taking their pictures? Okay, that's fine. We got a beautiful backdrop right here. Let's go take a picture like that. Literally, like you guys want to go out to dinner tonight? Nope, we're going to go take some pictures tonight. Like that's kind of, we we try to be more creative and it, we were overworking it. And we we'd luckily be able to get seven, eight people to a gym to take photos for two hours to have, you know, a little bit of dripping content and that kind of stuff and mix it up. Um, and that's it. I mean, there was really nothing crazy. The big marketing scheme that got, I think got us on the map per se in this town was, so I gave away a thousand dollars cash. Actually, Steph's brothers won it. Uh, Steph Damaris. Uh, so, Pat, oh, yeah. so yeah. Pat and Nick, okay. um, and, and her, she was in it. Oh, this is the video. Um, we had a video challenge. That was good. Video slash Those picture. two guys are talented. Very. Oh my. Yeah. I can't even begin to explain. If mm -hmm. I can ever work with them, uh, it'll be a fun time. But um, so we did this thing and it was really risky. And, and Micah and myself and Jess were thinking like, is a thousand dollars too much? And that. And I was just like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I'm not going to give away a hundred dollars. I'm going to give someone. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to take a thousand dollars of my money. I'm going to give it to somebody and it's going to be a competition. And we got like ridiculous amounts of hype built around it. I mean, I think like 200 people participated in it. And, and this was, they were all making videos for the brand. They were either taking a photo in it, they were sharing it or they were taking a video, but then literally like, I'm like, man, I don't know who I'm going to pick this and that everyone's doing so good. And then night before Steph was like, 
my brother's got it. <laughs> She's like, they're going to send it over. The, the Maris's game and just mic dropped it. Like just... literally just like, <laughs> oh my God, was, I'm going to like video. start crying laughing here. Like it just like comes through, I think Nick, cause I was talking to Nick and Pat at the time about like some different marketing things and they're just like, oh yeah. And by the way, here's our entry. And I just like watched it. I was like, I t- called Mike right away. I was like, it's done. I was like day one. Like it, it was professional level. And, and they're like, like, by the way, they're like, by the way, it was on my iPhone seven. I was like, okay, whatever, dude, like <laughs> it's done. So just like that, like that challenge was, we gave second place a hundred bucks, which was chosen at random. We gave third place. I think it was like a shirt or something at random, which was cool. It was an awesome challenge. Bunch of local people got involved. It was really aggressive, but it kind of put us on the map per se for like locally. And, and we got a lot of people that were out of state, which was kind of cool, which was big for us. Um, so we do that marketing wise, then we kind of lay low and we just do like sales, a bunch of like 15% off, 20% off, 30% off stuff, just on the around the holidays and stuff like that. Give people like a reason, you know, to save some money and get your stuff cheaper. And then this last one we did was the Noble Shoe Giveaway, which uh, Olivia Seymour won that. Oh, and, did she? Yep. I know Liv very well. Yeah. Yep. So that was like a totally random, like literally like a randomizer. And that one got even more, that one got, I would say three times the hype that the thousand dollars did. I don't know if it was because we had more of a following or it was just because people like noble shoes. But I mean, I think natural reach on that was like 20,000 people. And it was insane. Just that, that one thing was like, okay, I'm going to give something for free to somebody Instead of spending, instead of spending one hundred and twenty dollars on Facebook ads, I'm going to give somebody something and ask nothing in return. Mm-hmm. That's like the motto now. Like, I, I want to do another one. I want to. Yeah. I just want to keep giving back to them. Well, and I think that marketing works. I don't know how you would per se do it with with real estate, but in our industry, like, there's a lot of good brands out there that people. I I feel like it, it's so nice to just give someone something. It's a I've, good feeling. No, I've, I've done stuff like that. I did, uh, oh God, I did a thousand, I had a thousand like giveaway on Facebook when I page reached a thousand, which wasn't that long ago. And I remember doing that. Um, I forgot who, won, I forgot what we did on that. But again, it was insane amount of people. And I think what happened was I did like a mini video talking about it. And I think I talked about like the, the come up with the company or my company, my page and stuff. And that was like a four year growth um, or more. And that one worked out very well. Same thing. I didn't have, I didn't have 20,000, but I, I was well into this, uh, the five figures of, you know, 10, 15, something like that. Yep. Um, and then I also did one around Christmas time. We did the, uh, the best Christmas tree in the area. Again, kind of playing off of the season, but playing off of, and I'll probably do that again this year. But it was the idea that people could have fun with it. It was something in your home. Um, and I talked about it because it's true. December, I go into a ton of homes and there's always Christmas trees. So it's kind of cool because I see a bunch of different trees. I said, well, who has the best one? Same thing. We did a, I did a first, second, third, but the first place person won whatever the prize was. I forgot what it was, but very well received. So, I mean, obviously the idea, a lot of these are simple tactics, but they, it's kind of fun. It gives, I got excited about it because it's kind of cool to see the feedback and people really get into it. And I think they do it from a position of, it's fun for them, and obviously they can win something. But I think they, they're only going to, you know, acknowledge your company if they have some kind of. They're going to want to do it, you know. Like if you see the, you know, if they saw giving the shoe away, then they're like, ah, well, I don't want to do the shoe. Or they see your company, and like, well, I don't really want the shoe, but whatever, I'll try it because I like the company and I follow them. And I think I think it's a natural way to do it. Um, I, the other thing you do, which is what I do with um, all the shirts and stuff, is I 
when I post about it. But for you, it's kind of like, I wouldn't say sponsorship, but it's it's like that influence marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've, I'm assuming you've done pretty well with that because you're, when I go on your page, there's a lot of people that wear your shirts. Yeah, They're either posing with you or they're posing doing a lift, or not posing, but they're doing a lift and you got a, a photo of them. So, I mean, what's the response been from people that wear the shirt? I mean, what do you do? Like, do you just roll up on somebody, say, here, take a shirt and take a picture? Um, actually, no, I, I don't think I've ever done it like that. Um, most of the time... Trying to think if I've ever done it like that. Like, what's what's no. a normal trend? Like, how how do people really come in random. contact with their shirts, and how do they they want to get on your page, or do they take a photo and send it to you, or how does yeah. that work? Uh, so all well, so Edwin um, lives in North Carolina, and I'm giving him a shout out because he's really been like with us since the get. Like, I literally was in North Carolina. We flew down there to see Micah because Micah lives in Charlotte. So that's another thing too. Like my team. Like Micah was my best friend in school and he now is like permanently in Charlotte. So like all of our communications other than two times in the last six months have been over the phone. We like, that's the one thing, like I wish he was here or I was there so we could collaborate. And then Anthony, who we've been, he's been like part-time helping with some photography lives in Vermont. So my team is really Jess and I and the forefront, you know, it's just her and I at home. So I don't know why I went off on that tangent. Where, Where are we going with that? I'm already forgetting what I was going to no, say. No, I said uh, kind of like inf- like how, how do you oh, get okay. the brand out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we go down. So I post a story when we get to North Carolina, like Chalked Barbell, you know, North Carolina. We're in Charlotte, whatever. And Edwin DMs me. Hey, man, looked at your brand, you know, see it's up and coming. That's really cool. You know, are you guys going to lift while you're down here? I said, yeah. So I literally like was at a gym and he was there and I didn't have like any extra shirts on me. So I was like, hey, man, like. If you want to order one on the website, I'll like ship it to you for free for like, cause he did like some photos in, in like my, it was kind of weird, like in my shirts, but then like I got it back, but whatever weird story. But so he's been with us still. So he, he is the only one that actually sends me photos because I'm not physically there and Michael will try to meet up with him, but everyone else like, so both of the, wait, is that the Vermont guy or you have two guys down? Nope. So Edwin just wears the shirts for photos because he like believes in the brand like he has and, nothing and he's to do down with, with Micah. he's he's in the same city okay as micah like they never met each other before this brand which is also cool like they we, so you just ran into this guy at that gym this guy literally dm'd me on instagram when he saw my story that i was in charlotte i never met him in my life oh okay well, awesome yeah okay. like never met the okay guy. i thought he was like a high school but okay keep no going. like never like micah's a good friend but okay. i was going down there to visit micah and then this guy just happened to see a picture that i put up and was like hey do you want to lift tomorrow just oh, sweet. randomly. So that awesome. was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so then locally, I guess everyone that's worn the shirts, I mean, a lot of the people actually have bought the shirts and I will, as like, I'll be like, Hey, thank you so much. Like I'll try to reach out to every single person if I can and be like, Hey, thank you so much for buying the shirt. You know what time? And, and Jess will vouch for this. Like, we'll be like, what time do you normally go to the gym? We would love to like get a picture of you working in the shirt if you don't mind. And that's like, literally how we've done it and we'll try to like work around their schedule so sometimes we'll go to the gym like three times in the day only work out once but like be there after work before work mm-hmm. whatever we have to do um and uh yeah that's how it's been and then sometimes we'll like we threw up i think twice so far three times hey photo shoot on x night at x location if you want to go hit us up in the dm and whatever and we've had probably 15 or 16 different people participate in that over the last two months so that's been really cool too what what uh because i saw one photo i think you and your fiance you guys were standing at a table with all your shirts what was that event 
You had a, you had a oh. booth or a table set up with yep. a bunch of different color shirts. Yep. So we've been to a couple um, events so far. The first one was the uh, in Fairhaven, Vermont, which was an uh, event that I competed in. And like Jamie, the owner of the gym, just let us put the booth up for free. We only had four shirts at the time. We had four different styles of it. Let us put it up. The second one, we actually sponsored the NPC bodybuilding competition in Vermont in April. So we, with the sponsorship, like you sponsor them, they give you like media and they'll like put you on all their banners and they will allow you a booth at the thing. So that was like an actual booth where we got to go there, sell stuff, like meet with people, talk to people in Vermont, which was really cool. Um, and coming up, we have the North country CrossFit event, the summer throwdown. We're going to be doing that, um, in two weeks. And then we have, uh, Ryan Gwynup's uh, summer beach tournament oh, yeah. uh, for the wrestling. We're sponsoring that one too. So, um, so what's the feedback like when you go to these events? I mean, the, Pretty fir- positive? the first one was really like, was like super positive from like a standpoint of like, this is awesome. Like, what is this? Like we were, we were six weeks in when we went to the first one, we were six weeks of brand. We had like 15 posts on Instagram. You know, we, we were like tiny mm-hmm. and we sold four shirts to people we'd never seen in our lives. That was like amazing to me. And there was only 60 people at the event. So that to me to sell four out of 60 people was like, I was so happy. And then we went to the event, NPC bodybuilding thing, same thing. I don't know how many shirts, I didn't even count how many we sold there, but it was a great turnout. People liked the brand, you know, and bodybuilding was a little different for us because bodybuilders wear different things sometimes. Obviously they're going to be training. They're going to wear something when they're in prep mode. They're going to wear something when they're in like lax mode and they're going to work mm-hmm. something when they're in training. Mode. Their bodies so like, change. Their bodies change. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so for us, like, I think that's where like, you know, gym sharks and, uh, the live, you know, live fit kind of like they more like pertain to that, but we just wanted to be there to be in a different realm and it worked excellent for us. It was awesome. It was just fun to support them too. That was, that was really cool. So, I mean, I, I would assume that's probably like from a shirt standpoint, if you're going out and spreading the awareness of apparel, you want to be in gyms, you want to be with people that would wear the wear the product. Um, so I think doing stuff like that or doing small events where you know you can meet people face to face, get the brand out there, throw shirts out, whatever you got to do. But I think what happens is eventually because things take time, meaning it doesn't happen overnight. As you're as you're you, you know you you know of as of right now. So like you know the second third fourth year you go to the bodybuilding competition and you sponsor it they're like oh you guys were here last year you guys were here last year every year it goes from four shirts to 10 shirts to 15 to 30 like and it's usually pretty i call it the snowball effect it's pretty exponential growth mm-hmm. um but i think what's i think that's cool um now wh- one thing because you obviously on the table when you did the bodybuilding one how many styles of shirts do you carry how many colors how many designs things like that so Good question because this is going to change soon. Um, I was, so when we started, what we were doing is I would order a hundred and about a hundred to 130 shirts at a time. I would literally just front the money, which as mm-hmm. you can imagine is yep. kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. So I was doing it that way. And now I like to try to hold like 60 ish, 70, um, moving forward. I'd like to do drops like design drops. So like we order a certain amount of just like a men's and women's and they sell. And if they don't sell, they go into stock because like we have like eight different styles of between men's and women's stuff, like eight different designs. 
and I um, would like to hone it back a little uh, because it is expensive. Like I learned that really fast. Mm-hmm. Like it's expensive to like, no matter even if you're you know selling 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 good, you're you got a lot of money sitting on your shelves when you're small. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, at that event, I think we brought like 200 shirts, which was way overkill for what it was. There wasn't even 200 people there, but yeah. you know, I'd love rather come, I, you gotta have one of every size, one of every color. Yeah. And that's the tough thing. So, so that's, that's kind of the question I had for you. Do you, do you think you would tone that back a little bit to kind of go like, these are our, you know, cause you sometimes see like, there's always the classic shirts, meaning companies have the classic and then they'll test one. They'll test in a, like a certain design for an event or a certain color or all of a sudden we're going to come out with maybe like a, a red and a blue line around if you know 4th of July or Memorial Day to 4th of July kind of thing. Because um, like when we, we did the Kavanaugh shirts, when I, we designed it with, we talked about Aaron, like we, we had designed the logo, we had designed the idea about the shirt. And my big thing when it came out was I want one shirt. I want one logo. I want one design. I want one shirt. I don't want two. I don't want three. I don't want men's. I don't want women's. I want one shirt. The reason I did that, it's kind of like, I kind of use it like an um, like a MacBook. You know, Apple's very popular. They have, if you look at their website, they have like total maybe twenty items, and that's everything. You talk about laptop; all the laptops look the same. They have a little bit. One might be a little bigger. One might be a little smaller, but they're all going to be pretty much the same design, the same look. Most likely silver. My thought was our brand. The logo brand that you know it's on the shirt and it's uh, well, it's up, up there the K with the shamrock came out in December and my whole thing was nobody knows that logo nobody knows if I get too confusing by having too many different designs and and, and if I made that in different colors and the logo was in different spots nobody would be able to look and say oh, that's a Kavanaugh shirt now there's only one Kavanaugh shirt out there so if you have one you know everybody else has the same one so for me. I've been able to simplify it kind of like a less is more mentality, but I'm not in the apparel business. So if that was my main thing, because I'm, I'm coming from, it's a supplement to my real estate company. For you, with either different colors, being an apparel line, people need options. So what, what, would, what do you think? I mean, you said you have about eight designs now. Would you keep eight designs? Is it more of changing the colors or is it more of like, hey, I'm going to skip? Because also you have hoodies, tank tops, men, men's cut, women's cut. Yep. You know, I'm not sure if you're into shorts and things like that, but there's yeah. a lot of different clothing styles. Sure. Yeah. No, not yet. I think what we're going to do is, and I like your approach and it's funny you say that like the, the cave with the shamrock is I, before I met you or knew you or I just, I don't know why I just was like, yeah, that must've been the logo forever. Like I kind of just re- re- knew, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and from a classic T standpoint, like the T shirt that I gave you, you know, when I came in that I think is like the raw is that that one right there? Uh, no, this is the proof of the PR one. Okay. Um, which has been a good run. You know, it's got the flag on it with the wording on the back. This and that was like our first shirts. And we did like a run, like an American flag down the back, you know, a huge American flag with this on the front. Like that was a good run for, um, uh, was it Veterans Day? Just went by. I, I don't know. Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Duh. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we ran it for that and uh, like it did good. But I've been doing it now where like I'll take the orders in, I'll send them to the printer, make them as we go. And it's just been really stressful. I'd rather build the brand to where it's so big that I have like an actual legit DTG in my shop, which is really expensive and really down the road. But 
but you can recognize that the hand, you know, the hand is what people have yeah. always, they've said, Hey, over the last six months is the biggest thing. Hey, the handprint with a CB, like, yeah, like they recognize that like your K mm -hmm. they recognize that. And I think that's what I want to get to more colors for sure. I'd like to do more color options. We're kind of dull right now. We have one that's like blue and it's kind of bright. Um, but for the men's, they're pretty dull colors. I'd like to give a couple more color options, but stick to the design. So your main color is the black and white. That's kind of like your your first ever shirt was black and white. Uh, I think our first release was a black with white ink and then a gray with white ink, like a charcoal gray. Yep, like a heathered charcoal. So you keep both those options still for the most part. I mean, is that kind of like your fallback and in, in your your original or classic design is that t shirt? I don't think yeah. I, I don't think I would do um, the colors so much as I would just keep the design simple because. Well, I don't want to let let it in on too much, but you no, you, can, fine. Yeah. you you can order ten colors as long as the design and the ink color doesn't change. You know what I mean? I can order ten colors, two of each color, and try them. But if the design changes, then the whole price. Oh, gotcha. Changes. Okay, you know so if I mean? you took that, but ten different colors of that shirt, you could still if get. I them. did ten colors of this shirt with this color ink, like ten different colors, but the same ink. Mm -hmm. It would be the same as if I did 10 blacks with this ink. Gotcha. Okay. But if I change the design at all, if I change the ink color at all, it, it screws it all up. Yeah. So you got to stay with like the white or the black, something that would pop out on multiple shirts. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. The, the, uh, the shirt industry is different for me. I mean, I'm starting to look at it now from, we've tried a couple different design, same, sorry, the same design. We've talked uh, a couple different layered textures. Uh, we've gone over twice over single. We've done, you know, like thicker and thinner. When I remember when I first got the shirt, I was pissed off. I was like, I shouldn't say pissed off. We were, little, we were a little bit frustrated because we thought it came in a little too plasticky. Yep. Meaning I hate shirts that when you wear them, they kind of have like a plastic feel. Like I like kind of like this where it's kind of built into it's the shirt. Like ink, yeah. Yeah. And what happened was after you wash it once, it just softens right up. And it, they're the most comfortable shirts now. The second run we did was a little thinner. Those were by far the worst shirts. Meaning it was the same design, same color, everything. But the, 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 uh, the actual printing or whatever that's called, the embroidery on it was a little thin. I thought it looked a little less, a little tacky. It wasn't as full and bright, so we went back to the thicker one. So now I know that's that's how many swipe whatever the the the, te the technical term is. But then we're also looking at stylish shirts, and we're looking at who can obviously like anything who can make them cheaper, who can mm -hmm. do them the quickest, who does the best design, so I don't have like tears on the shirt that I got to cut off with scissors, which yes. I don't know if you run into, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all these kind of things. And again, I just do it more as, but it's like testing. You know, the shirts are very new to me. I, I don't spend a lot of time on them, but that's our, again, like you said, bread and butter of anything that we have logoed out. That's number one. We have koozies and keychains and hats and, and all this stuff, but it's always that logo. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I try to keep it simple. So we've talked about it a little bit, but, uh, where, when did you come across uh, Gary V? And for people that don't know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, he is, I, I, he's big into marketing now and building a business. Um, and he's big now into kind of mindset and personal branding. And I think he's switched over, over time from, per, he's definitely big into the personal branding, but I think he's going more into the mindset, do what you love kind of thing and kind of do it on your own terms, but work to get, to get to it. Don't just, you know, expect that it's going to be handed to you. So when did you find out about Gary um, and what's kind of your biggest takeaways and what do you enjoy most about kind of his content and message? Yeah, um, about a year ago. Uh, so after I started the garbage business, um, I've, I've just always kind of liked like motivational speaker kind of stuff, but he's more of a 
you know, strategist. He's very like calculated and I really grabbed a hold of that. Um, so yeah, about a year ago, started watching his stuff and been hooked ever since. I listen to his podcast in the, every morning in the gym now. Did, did, did you find him on, um, on YouTube first? Uh, Instagram? Yes. YouTube? YouTube, yes. Um, so the funny thing with him, I found out about him in 2011. So it's nine years ago. So if you take kind of know where he's at now and he's got VaynerMedia and he's got all this, all this crap. I think he had started VaynerMedia at the time. I I don't even know if he was on, on his, in his old office yet. I mean, this was, you know, almost, well, yeah, going, you know, eight years ago, whatever. Conference room. It was buddy, wherever buddy, buddy media's conference. Yeah, was that it? I mean, he it wasn't he wasn't doing much, and it, and I would like to go back and look at the content he was creating at that time because now it's it's on a whole other level. But I've, it's kind of like when you watch someone like lose weight or gain weight, and all of a sudden you see him a couple years later, you're like, holy crap, what happened to you? But if you see him every day, you don't recognize the change as much. Yeah, I find that that's it because I I I take in his con. I've probably have taken in his content every day for eight years. Wow. So whether it be Instagram. Um, or podcast or YouTube, um, same thing. Now, what I take away most of hit from him is like the mindset, but it's the idea of like hard work pays off. Kind of put in the work, put in the hard work. You know, if you want to get something, go after it. And and I've started to do that a lot. With the company, from a standpoint of my marketing, is very much like him. Jordan may or may not know it. I've mentioned him a bunch of times to her, but she has kind of taken. My idea, and I've again, you talked about copying. I watch what he does. If you go look at my Instagram account, there's a lot of similarity. I mean, granted, on a, on a much lower budget <laughs> yeah. and uh, and design and time standpoint, but I mean, I'm trying to pump out, God, three to five things a day every day. I mean, if you go on my Instagram account, I try to post three times a day. Wow. I try to. Um, we have a video every day that comes out. We do. We do this podcast. We do a realty talk podcast, which is me and Ellie that just discuss real estate for about 15 to 20 minutes, 25 minutes once a week. We've been doing that almost every week. We've missed two because of vacations or things like that, or one of us has been out of town. Um, but the whole thing is being consistent and pushing out content. But then also, I think what you talked about is coming from a position of of giving versus taking. And I mean, there's probably a lot of stuff that you read up here that I probably have GV or Gary V or, or words that or phrases that you might've picked up by uh, listening to him. But a lot of the mindset stuff and a lot of the, the approach is geared a lot towards him um, or from him. And again, I've, he's much smarter than I am and much more intuitive. And I just copy him, you know, I, I, I tailor it to real estate, but I copy kind of his approach um, so have you taken stuff that he's done and, and applied it to your business? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, the, it's weird. Like, so I think sometimes when you're in it, it's hard to like pull out and be like, oh wow. Okay. If I look at it from this angle, everything's different. So that's why I actually shrunk my top line to increase my bottom line. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's all like talking all about, you know, stop buying dumb shit. Don't, you know, don't spend money on this. Don't spend money on that. And like when I actually calculated it up and ma- I made that move because of how I watched him do things. Mm-hmm. And that, that was huge for me. And I've never been a, I think the big thing I like is because I relate to him like 
I feel like I could have an educated conversation with him because I never was into buying dumb stuff. Like I might have a fancy truck and I might like expensive toys, but I don't go out and drink. I've worn the same three pairs of pants for the last five years. I'm not flashy, as you can see how I'm dressed. I'm not a flashy person. Yeah, you're gonna wear moccasins here, right? I was gonna wear. Totally I was gonna wear moccasins. I usually, totally like, I usually do it. I, I just, <laughs> I just got shown it for Facebook because I was down at a Sable Brewing Company the other day with moccasins on. People are like, oh, I can't believe you're wearing them. But whatever. I, uh, I, I'm not flashy. I, I don't. I mean, maybe flashy from a toy standpoint, but that's like my passion. Like that's like my drug. Like mm-hmm. I like adrenaline and I like to have fun, and I like speed and all that and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't like. Uh, I have no intentions on you know buying a sports package on my TV for seventy nine ninety nine, or I don't even know what they cost or buying new shoes. You know, these shoes are three years old. You know, I, I, when it comes to that type of material, I have absolutely no interest in buying any of it. And that, that's where I think when he talks about that, I'm like, wow, that's so real. Like if people actually like added up the receipts of the dumb shit that they bought every month, probably scare you. I'm trying to think in my head last the last time I bought something for myself that wasn't business related it's been a while meaning and I, and again I I really like what I do and I have fun with this so like the podcast equipment is fun but it's a direct a direct investment in my business and that was Jordan Jordan just took us totally out of our Jordan if you screwed those things up is that what I think it is on the ground? Um, Make sure it all goes back in. I really need to keep that organized. Oh, you want to see me stressed out? That will stress me out. So, um, <laughs> um, but I, the uh, yeah, anything I buy is a lot of it is how can it go back into the business? How can I? How can it benefit me long term from a business standpoint from what I want to accomplish in the future? So, like even talking about buying a camera, like I want to buy a camera camera purely because I can increase the quality of the content that I put out. doesn't mean I want to go out for fun and take, no, I have fun doing it, but it's like, it's, it's a part of it is for that. Like I haven't, I don't play video games. I've been stuck on the same game of Thrones episode for two years. Cause I don't watch a lot of TV. If I go home at night, um, I hang out with my kids and then I'm usually nine o'clock till whenever I go to bed, I'm working on stuff for the business. Um, whether it's researching, watching YouTube or, or Googling different ideas or how to, you know, how to use an editing software or how to market something or how to use ads on uh, Instagram. I'm learning that stuff because it's fun for me mm-hmm. and because I'm trying to constantly improve. Like I think I talked about it. it was not on Ryan's podcast. It was that, well, another Ryan, Ryan Lee's podcast. And I talked about one of my my greatest fears or kind of motivators is lack of potential. Meaning, I I don't want to just settle, and I don't want to look back and say I didn't accomplish everything I I could have accomplished because I just didn't put the time or effort into it. Where I just rather have hung out and goofed off and did stuff. And I think you're kind of like that. Meaning, I I think that you're trying to always improve and, and you're looking towards the future and building on stuff and not really saying. You know, what can I do now to kind of have fun now? But it's like, what can I build going forward? And whether or not this company really takes off, may not. It may be something that you do for a couple of years and you scrap it. But I think it's going to do, even if you, and I might be totally wrong, this could be a major company, which would be mm-hmm. really cool. But if not, it's given you a hell of a building block and for whatever else you're going to do. So I think that anything you're learning now, I mean, you talked about the garbage thing. When you're your own boss and you're running your own company, 
you get more of an education doing that than anything you can learn anywhere else because you have to deal with people. The hardest part of my business is dealing with people. Yep. It's the best part of my business and the worst part of my business. And I think I'm sure like for you, you talked a little bit about, you know, the goods and the bads and stuff, but what, you know, get, actually this would be a perfect thing. I had this written down. I want you to kind of build off of it, but give us like a normal day in the life of, of Heath. Like what, what do you do? I mean, kind of, or even in a week, cause I know you said things change obviously with the garbage and stuff, but I know you're not, you're doing more than just, you know, going to work, going home, getting food and watching TV. Yeah. Um, normal day. Well, Tuesday every week is pretty much the same. It's, it's garbage day. Um, wake up between four and four thirty in the morning. Truck's already gassed up. I usually try to hook it up the night before. So I'm ready to go. I do it with like a big truck and trailer combo. Um, roll out around five, uh, go to my garbage run, do the whole thing, hit the dump twice, get back to my house around quarter after one. As soon as that's done, you know, go through my books real quick, you know, jot down who's paid up before I enter it into QuickBooks later in the night. Um, usually at that point, take a shower anyway, because it's yep. kind of nasty. Um, yeah, then I'll either uh, hit up the gym. Every other Tuesday, I get my hair cut. Um, <laughs> every other important. Tuesday, it's important. It's just, yeah. And I pick up their garbage, so it kind of works. Um, <laughs> so I get it when I get the haircut, because it's more efficient than me going. There you like, go. Efficiency. Uh, we talked right? about that. Yeah. So I do that run and, and get all that done. And uh, yeah, then I either, if it's not a week where I get my haircut, then I just go there, grab their garbage, which is not far from where I live. And I go to the gym. And by that time, um, I'll go, if I go to the gym alone, if it's, if it's like three, three 30, I'll, I'll just go to the gym alone. Um, you know, Jess gets home around the same time I get home after the gym and we'll eat. And then we'll usually discuss what we're going to do for like chalked barbell, um, or discuss like what we want to do. Like we really want to get into buying apartments really soon. So we're, we've been plotting that and yeah, that's a Tuesday. So that's like the day that like stands out. That's like my day off. Mm -hmm. If you want to say, um, normal Taylor rental day, uh, Again, get up 4.30 in the morning, go to the gym in the morning, um, finish up there. I'm always, you know, to work by quarter of seven. Uh, usually work at Taylor Rental from, you know, seven till four, sometimes five o'clock. Um, depends on if it's summer or, or winter. I have different hours. Um, get out of there, do whatever. You know, this this week's really busy. Um, obviously got this podcast tonight. We have Young Professionals on Wednesday. Uh, closing on our house on Friday, wedding and CVPH dinner on Saturday. Uh, Sunday we'll be working on the house, so it's like it always changes. So my, you know, my my days always change. But I guess the only constant's the gym and my nine to five right now and the garbage. But we will go like on a whim. Like a couple weeks ago, I got invited to a thing in Boston, so I just was able to, you know, it was a week in advance, so I was able to take a couple days off. So literally, like, got done work, woke up the next morning, drove down to Boston, went to an event came home the next day, went back to work. You know, it's, I don't know. I don't really have a normal day per se because I am still, I'm still controlled a little, well, a lot. My time is still controlled by the company I work for. So I can't say like I ha can have a routine because I'm on their time, mm -hmm. you know, 40 hours a week. I'm on their time. Yeah. But I think what you Kind of was just talked about, like you pack a lot in in a week, in a day. I mean, like I said, getting up at, um, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly, er I get up fairly early too. Um, 
I try it's tough for me to go to the gym, but I um, just based on kind of the night before and when I go to bed. But um, same thing, if I don't go at five thirty in the morning, I'm not going. Um, but you talk about you're in the morning till the night, and it sounds like you don't do a lot of like wasted time. You talk about being efficient, but your off time is put back in to make things pay off in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that that to me is. That's kind of, I think, one of the first things when I was talking with Ryan that he mentioned about you is that, you know, he's like, this, he got this, he got this. And I'm like, and it was like, it was like jumble. Like, he just mentioned all these things. I'm like, this kid's got all this stuff going on. But um, it's kind of cool how you, you especially at a fairly young age, I mean, 20, you said 25? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're so young still that, you know, trying to get all this and, and organize it. Even if you, I mean, like I said, you're still running a business. You're running a side business. You're running, you know you have your main job so it doesn't leave a lot of extra time and then on your extra time obviously you have your fiance and you have family and things like that and that's kind of what i try to do is all in for work and then try to be all in for family and and spend time there um but i think kind of the the one thing i've always looked at i just had this conversation um i was meeting with a, a friend of mine before this um was the idea that i'm trying to put in a lot of time and effort and energy now to build something for the future especially because my kids are both very young and it's kind of one where if i put the time in now i get to enjoy that time later on with them i still get to enjoy them now but i know i'm gonna have a lot of really good memories in the future when those kids are you know in school and doing that thing where we can hang out a lot more like right now they really have no memory of what's going on so if i'm out a little bit longer than i hope to be in the future they don't know it as much, um, but I know if I don't put the time in now, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get what I would like in the future out of it. Um, so I think for you, kind of building this before you really start a family is huge. Um, but I think the, I think just the mindset of having it, and I think like you said, just really wanting something because to go and go to the gym at four thirty or get up at four thirty or five o'clock every day for a twenty-five year old is a lot of commitment. Meaning like right now, I mean, there's kids at your age that, you know, on weekends are sleeping in because they're hung over till noon and, you know, and they get up and they do whatever and and, and it's fine. I mean, people can do whatever they want, but it takes a level of dedication and commitment and discipline to be able to get up in the morning and, you know, do your runs for the trash and then go to the gym, keep that up, obviously keep up a good diet, which is tough. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that can be a, a, you know, a pretty good like part-time job in itself then you have the company, then you're running, you know, you're running around trying to get stuff printed and taking orders and try to, you know, you know, kind of do the, the hustle of trying to get the name and brand out. And then, you know, and I think a lot of that's really cool. Um, you mentioned Wednesday. I, I think that's a good event for you to go to. I mean, not just that event, but a good group for you to go to the young professionals. It's something I'm very, very involved in. And a lot of those guys are, and girls are real good friends of mine now. Um, but when I talked about kind of growing the area from a young standpoint, like people like you that kind of have that drive and vision at this age is awesome. Whether or not you, you decide to do this, I don't, I think a lot of things are going to change for you in life, but I think no matter what you do, it's going to be built off of these ideas, which is cool. Um, I mean, going forward, do you have any kind of like aspirations of what you want to do either with, I mean, just in general, I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be the company, but it could be a company or a building block to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, my my dream job is to be my own boss. Mm-hmm. Like I, I kind of am, but I'm not. And I guess I I have very very high goals set, which is why I haven't like I have a, I am like 
I, I say I wake up at 4.30. Well, it's easy because I go to bed at quarter after nine at the same time every mm-hmm. single night, whether it's Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, it doesn't matter. Like if it's not a special family event, like a wedding or something that I have like literally, and I, this sounds stupid, but physically planned for mentally to stay up later, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go to bed at quarter after nine all the time, whether I go at four, whether I go at seven, like on a weekend, like I always do. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I want to be like, I want to know in one or two days a week that I can outperform my 40 hour day job in one or two days a week. Then that's when I'm going to know. And then that's when I'm going to grow. And then that's when it's going to be like, okay, hold on, like balls to the wall, 60 hours a week for me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to do. When I get there, is it going to be six months from now? Is it going to be 16 years from now? I don't know. But in the end of the day, that, that's really all I want. I know my number financially to be happy. I know what I'm going to need to live. I don't really want for very much. My girlfriend and I are not very flashy when it comes to houses or like, I, I always go back to cars. Like, I don't know why, but like being always into racing growing up, cars and tr- like is a safe way for me to not be jumping 50 foot jumps anymore and not be hitting corners really wide open. Like I've broken bones. I've done a lot of stuff. That's really my only flashy thing. Like if I can have a nice car and a presentable house, you know, I don't need anything else than that. I don't really care. So it's like, why go have to strive to make a million bucks when you can be totally happy on this salary paying yourself and just grow as a, as a brand. So that's where once I can get there, then I've won internally, you know? Yeah. No, I, I think that's cool. I think, um, I mean, m- money, I, I don't really have a dollar amount when it comes to money of how much I want to make. I just know that you talked about before kind of doing like all these like little things and kind of get, you know, for me by doing all the little things every day and being consistent, which I've been able to do now for nine years. I think people, it's kind of funny because I, I had this conversation with somebody like, it just seems like you popped the last couple of years. Like you really kind of hit a, and I, I have hit a, a more exponential growth over the last few years, but it's been on the, on the, the growth of the first five years when nobody had really heard of me besides people, you know, here and there. But now I'm starting to get, people are starting to reach out that I don't know who they are, which was, which I've always wanted, you know, and it makes my life, makes my life a little easier in a sense. Now I have people that want to work with me or are reaching out for advice or whatever the case may be. It takes time to get to that level. Um, but I know that doing all those little things from a monetary standpoint will just take care of itself. Meaning I don't have to force, I don't have to force it. And my, my goal, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of one of those things like I'm a very visional, uh, visionary kind of person or vi- I guess visual person, meaning I can kind of see where I want to go in the future. It's not fully, you know, painted out, but it's, I, I, I know roughly the direction I want to go. And I know that it's not going to be like, you t- you know, go back to Gary. He wants to buy the jets. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big lofty goal. You're talking, he needs billions of dollars to do it, especially by the time he probably needs to buy it. It's yeah. going to be worth even more. I don't want to buy a sports team. Um, I don't care about doing that. Um, I, I, part of me, and I've done this, I've thought about this for a while is when I talked about leaving the place a better place. Um, I would love to make a ton of money to invest it back into our area. Meaning I don't, I don't need millions and millions of, I mean, what am I going to do? I'm not going to like, 
I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't even know how to ride most of the probably things you own. You know what I mean? I want to, you know, I want to be comfortable on them. I don't, there's not a lot of stuff I want to purchase. There's not a lot of stuff that I want to traveling would be cool to have experiences would be cool. But at the end of the day, like I said, you don't need as much money as you think to just live comfortably. And, um, or even I would say above and beyond, meaning, you know, you can splurge and go on vacations and, and do cool things. Cause you have the, you know, their extra money. But I really think a majority of any kind of wealth that I am able to acquire in my lifetime, I would really want it to come back and affect this area because, you know, I'm still going to have family and friends in the area, whether or not my kids decide to go grow up and leave the area. And, and you know, my immediate family's not around the area anymore. Um, I still think it'd be cool to kind of, I mean, I grew up in Chasey. I live in Morrisonville. I went to school in Plattsburgh. I work in the area. Like, I've lived around here my entire life, basically because of family, but too, I, I just have a lot of family and friends. And I think it, instead of, I've always had the mindset, instead of leaving and like taking any type of talent or anything that I could bring to the area and invest it into another area, it's like, why don't I just stay here and invest it back into the area that kind of built me up, which is my kind of mindset on a lot of things. But I think for you too, if you decide to stay and make you know Clinton County or North Country your home... I think it's cool if other people are looking to build, you know, whatever. And it's not even like for like again. I don't need a lot of money. Like I would, I would love to give money to the schools and the hospitals and my old school, and, and you know, invest in infrastructure and invest in in housing and invest in anything that you can think of to give people in the area. Like I don't. I think one. I like doing what I do, but I think it's kind of cool if I can turn that passion and what I want to do to benefit a lot of people. Now it might mean I exponentially work harder than a lot of those people that can benefit. But I think at the end of the day, I, I'm, I feel more satisfied by giving to people than taking. And I think you probably do too. Meaning I'd rather put a smile on someone's face or improve their life versus saying, what can you give me? Yep. I just get way more out of it. I think long-term it just, the, the, the good feeling I get, that's why I like doing houses. I, even if a client hates me at the end of the day, at least like that's fine. At least I help them accomplish something. Even if mm-hmm. they don't see it, it's still, I know I was able to do something. And there's times I don't, Tell clients some of the shit that had went down that I w- kind of went above and beyond to try to save whatever and and but at the end of the day I'm trying always to work for that person because I like coming from position of helping um, which I think kind of sounds like you said when you talk about uh, especially with your fiance and your friends and stuff it sounds like you're doing a lot of it to help them also not necessarily yeah. you know just do it for you know, just for Heath, it sounds like you're doing it for Heath. And then your overall why about trying to get people kind of a support group, a community of people that are trying to, you know, your vision or you and um, uh, Jess's vision is different than you and her and a thousand other people, you know, like there's a lot of power to a group of people that are, that are all thinking in the same way. So I think that's cool. Um, I think we've kind of you good on, on work wise. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna kind of ask you a couple a couple questions about uh, just anything else in general. I mean, what besides getting too much into like work philosophy? Because I could talk about that for hours, but I think people would kind of get dull or bored on that. Like, what else do you do for fun besides? Are you pretty much just just no? Business? I have a lot of fun. What, what else do you do? Because you <laughs> talked about the bikes. Kind of what else do you, the Heath that we might see on your personal page, not the chalk barbell page. Yeah, so dirt bikes up until to actually sold my dirt bike today. Rode it yesterday. Sold it today. <laughs> Okay, so timely question. Go ahead. Okay. So, so yeah, that's that's gone now, but that that's gone because there's a new thing that I want to buy, and I'm I'm building up to it. And, and Jess and I have 
pretty much decided it's going to be about an eighth month, eight month goal um, to set in the future. But anyway, so that's gone now. And uh, no, I mean, I ride sleds in the winter. I might do it this winter. I might not. Um, we just went uh, where we got engaged was uh, up in the mountains of New Hampshire. We went side by siding, went and rided, rented some side by sides with my brother and uh, <clears throat> his girlfriend. I, that was really fun. Uh, craft beer guy, any brewery, love them, love craft breweries. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, other than that, I like anything that has to do with speed and danger and adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you did. Uh, how, how long were you doing the biking for? Um, I've been on and off for. I mean, I was really. Like, were you competitive? Yeah, like I was really into it. Like, I, I, ra- I mean, I don't want to say really into it because remember, seventeen-year-old kid, Ford Ranger, piece of shit dirt bike, wasn't really competitive, but I thought I was. Uh, I raced. We'll say that I win. No, but I mean, I was like okay, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I did it from like. 15, 15, I rode around my dad's house cause we had some property, but I couldn't drive obviously. So I didn't actually hit tracks till I was like 16 and a half. And then I rode up pretty hard until I was like, well, I had the injury and then I got back on the bike and then, um, broke my wrist two years later, got back on the bike, still on the bike as of till yesterday. Um, so, so on and off for like six, seven years. So this years. is all dirt bike, all dirt bike. So when you, when you say you sold it, yesterday today today like like yeah like at on my lunch break today instead of going to lunch i sold the dirt bike so you've had a dirt bike for seven years up until today well i've had 23 different bikes but yeah i count them because i think it's fun i flip stuff on the side too like i'll buy something and then i'll clean it up and sell it and make money so <laughs> i do a lot of other side hustles wait, that so, no one knows about but. so so wait when you say you sold a dirt bike is this mean like you're you sold it to buy a new one no, I'm, buy, I'm buying a new toy, but it's a it's a totally different. Like, so you're like out of dirt biking now. Like I'm like out of it for like now. Like I still got all the gear. I still got all. Oh, the so stuff. so this is not like I'm packing up. I'm finished. It's like, not this... like I'm done forever. Like I do it for fun now. Oh, okay. So, like the last couple of years have been totally fun. Oh, I thought like selling your bike was like I'm done. Like I'm I packed up. I retired. I quit. Oh hell no. Okay, okay. So I was like, <laughs> that's kind of kind of odd. I used to go today. through two or three in a summer. Okay, so this is just selling. A, this is like this is like changing like a t-shirt. You know, this, this is, is like, like this is like like third person right now like heath gets bored of things so he needs a lot of change in his life so i was like yeah put it on craigslist and if i can sell it for exactly what i bought it for two months ago and i got to ride it for two whole months Mm -hmm. and i can sell for exactly what i bought it for which i did nothing to it i'm happy and it's sold okay so i was like whatever um the one thing i want to buy i don't i'd never i have no intention for a dirt bike but you um i'd love to get a side by side yeah I, i don't need one i don't probably don't know how to do anything with it but it just looks cool and i want one it's kind of universal too you can ride it anywhere you can rent one okay for like for like 12 and a half times before you buy one so 12 and a half times so yeah. i can rent it 12 basically 12 times and then instead of you purchase, could you could go for you say six rent, years two times a year how, how long am I renting this for, though? You only want it for two hours, man. You aren't going to ride it more than that. Trust me. I rode it for three hours. I was, like, dead. Like, I didn't want to ride it anymore. And that's all. That's it. And that's me. Like, I'm a motorhead. Like, I yeah. love that shit. In three hours, my brother and I were looking at each other like, okay, we got to go back to the truck now. We have an hour left on our rental. So, if you, if you were to own one, how many times would you ride it? Probably not. Never. Okay. Because around here, like, the laws are really strict in New York. Like, in New Hampshire, you ride down the road, the main road with cars with no helmet on. And you just ride. Like you go trail to road to trail to road. Here you would get in a lot of trouble unless you did it in Shazy, which is a really small place to ride them. 
So that's I I, no, I I would have wrote it there. I mean, I used to, kids used to ride dirt bikes all the time. They hop over the orchards yep. and they would fly all around. So um, I never did. I've never rode a. Uh, I've rode on a dirt bike. Um, I think once, but it was like not a big deal. Um, same thing with. I don't even know if I've ever rode a snowmobile. You a snowmobile guy? You said. Oh uh, yeah, we Jess and I are pretty big into snowmobiling. Um, but like I said, for this next toy, it's a, another level of toy that i've never had before so we're really saving up for Good. this toy so she, she she's like a motorhead like you too uh yeah she or actually she, she's tore now... acl on a dirt bike when she was younger and she oh, rides so... sleds like just as fast as i do like she's pretty badass oh nice yeah. um because i wasn't sure if it was just kind of like a thing that you were into and she got into it which is cool like that's no you know it's a good support system so her, she was her family was like hardcore snowmobiling actually her uh, grandmother owned the snowmobile dealership in champlain the Articat dealership at Bay Shards. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, she's been like into it for as long as I've been into it. She was never really into dirt bikes. I think she like rode her friend's bike and got hurt. I bought her a dirt bike and she wasn't really into it. Mm -hmm. So we just stuck to like the sleds, but she's like a badass on a sled and likes, likes to go fast and it's cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Match made in heaven. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Keeps, keeps you, uh, keeps, yeah. Keeps straight and narrow. Um, well that, that's cool. Um, you want to just wrap it up there so you can get going? Yeah. You got to go to bed in like an hour. I got like a full hour and 15 and I live five minutes away. So I got, yeah. Okay. Got we'll, we'll let you go home and get you some, something to eat. So, um, so Heath, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, I think, I think I, to kind of wrap it up, I think the stuff you're doing is cool. Like mm -hmm. I said, even though it's kind of on, like you said, just a very starting phase. I think that's kind of the most exciting. It's stressful, but it's, it's rewarding. Yep. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, excited to see where you take the company. Um, and I think just the vision of the company and that might, like I said, if anything, is a great building block for whatever you do in life. But I think it's really cool what you're doing, especially at a young age. I think you got a great mindset going forward and obviously it sounds like things are going pretty good um, and you're having fun doing it, which is which is kind of the ultimate goal. So for people that want to get in touch with you, kind of give a plug for anything that you want, um, how to find you, obviously how to support the company or, or what, what people could do to help you. Um, so take it away yeah sure so um at chalked barbell uh that's going to be the chalked barbell instagram it's also going to be chalked barbell on facebook um i don't do much at all with a with a sanitation business other than local advertising we're, we're pretty much good on that um and then just heath andre on facebook and then uh it's heath underscore andre zero three i think or heath andre underscore i don't even know my instagram name but chalked barbell that's you'll find me tagged on there so it doesn't matter <laughs> Awesome. So, um, yeah, you guys, if you can, um, like I said, uh, it's a newer company. I'm sure you guys have seen them. If not, check them out. Um, it seems like it's getting a lot of good publicity from you guys, but obviously I've seen people wear the shirts and I've seen people post on their own accounts and, you know, kind of giving you some love and tagging you in it. So that's cool. Um, so yeah, guys, check him out. Uh, he's doing some cool things. Uh, again, like a local, uh, local entrepreneur hustler that we, we, you know, like I said, I have a, you know, uh, a soft spot for those people. They're, they, uh, you know, like I said, you guys are, or I guess us, we're, we're hopefully uh, going to place, make the place a better, or make where we live a better place. Um, so I appreciate you coming on. Um, guys, go check them out. I'll put all the handles in the show notes. And I think that's it. Anything else you want to add? You good? That's it, man. Thank you very okay. much. All right. We're going to head home, eat, go to bed. So uh, for Heath and myself, that is episode 35 of the Galen Trombley Show. We're out. Thanks for listening to The Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.